What if there was a way to hack your brain? To figure out why you're not taking the action you know you need to, and why the action you are taking isn't working? Well, there is. And this podcast is designed to show you how to do that, to see your mind, to coach yourself, and ultimately to create the life and business of your wildest dreams without the hustle or the stress. I'm your host, Elizabeth Salazar. Let's dig in. Hello there and welcome back. So today's interview is called How to Focus When Distraction is Easiest. And I'm going to be sharing a guest with you, Jennifer Dent Brown, and she has the most amazing examples of focus and how that has shifted and changed for her over the years and how she has specifically used it as a Black woman in modern day where when you turn on the media, there's police brutality, there's racism, there's Black people being murdered, there's riots, there's looting, there's protesting. And so we really dig into her mind and her progress with the word even and the action of focusing in her life and what that looks like. Before we dig into that though, I just want to do a quick overview of focus. Because as her and I talk about it, I dig into it. And I love how I'm able to interpret the things she's saying so that someone who's not in it like she is, right, in the mindset, in the knowing of how, will understand more easily what that looks like. So focus is simply defined as a concentration, right? Concentrating on something in particular for a specific period of time. And focus is something that you do with your mind. In order to focus though, we always have to put other things in our mind, right? To the side and not give them thought. So there's always a stream of thoughts in our mind. And in order to focus on one particular task, we have to stop that stream. We have to put it aside and we have to decide that we're only having thoughts in a very specific area. And Jennifer gives us the best examples of that as she launches her podcast, as she watches the news and processes her own emotions around everything. So why is focus hard? It's hard for a few reasons. It's hard because we have urges, right? We have that element of us that's like curious and wants to know something like what's happening on social media. I'll just go check. And before we know it, we're going to do that thing. We've already done it. Focusing is hard because we build the habit of not focusing. Focus is hard because everything around us invites us to not focus, right? When you turn on the TV, when you go onto social media, when you even engage with other people in your house, they invite you into their thoughts and that takes you out of your own thoughts about what you're focusing on. But when we remember that every thought that we have is optional, And when we forget that it's our job, it's our control even, right? It's in our control to focus and decide what our mind does. And most importantly, when we remember that it's a muscle that we build, that it's normal for it to feel hard to focus, that we're teaching our brain, right? We're building that muscle of focusing for longer and longer. You're training your brain. Why? 
Because when you train your brain how to focus in non-stressful situations, when you're in that stressful situation where you want to do something but are struggling to do it, your brain will already have been trained how to do it, what to do. It will have a basis of tools and ideas to fall back on other than just push through it, do it anyways. And today's episode gives you the most brilliant case study of what all of this looks like in action. Okay, let's head over there and dig in. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. Today, I am joined by Jennifer Dent Brown. She is a coach who helps women stop dieting forever. And today's focus is on focus, specifically how to focus when it's easy not to focus. And the reason that I brought Jennifer on is because I've watched her over this last week and I've been so impressed. And I wanted to share it with everybody because there's something we can all learn from how she has focused her own mind. And very specifically, because you can't see her, Jennifer is a black woman who is running a business online. And even during all of the social unrest, police brutality, racism, the death of Mr. George Floyd, (laughs) the riots and looting, the protests, She's still showing up to her business to create the results she wants, very specifically a podcast that she's launching and doing all that work in between it all. So she's the living example of focus right now. And I wanted to come in and share her experience and how she's doing it with all of you. So Jennifer, welcome. Hello, Elizabeth. Thanks for having me on the podcast. You're welcome. So why don't you just start by telling them a little bit about you. You're running a business. You're a woman. Tell us all the things. Yeah. So I, as you said, I'm a coach. I'm a life coach and a weight loss coach and absolutely love what I do. Um, I got certified back in 2016. And so I've been working part-time as a coach. And this is my first full-time year. So April 1st was my emancipation from my corporate gig Um, because I've been working on building my business on the side. And so finally, all of the stars aligned and it just seemed like a good time to go full-time. So April 1st was first day as a full-time coach. And yeah, so that was um, huge for me um, just and super exciting. Yeah. And so you used to have a podcast and mm-hmm. now you're relaunching it. Mm-hmm. Tell them what your podcast is about, because they're probably going to all want to go listen to it too. I hope they do. <laughs> the podcast is called Stop Dieting Forever. And I launched the podcast, gosh, I think that was like 2018. It was, I think it was 2018. And it wasn't like an official podcast that I thought like, oh, I'm going to be an official podcaster. I actually had a membership group at the time, and we used to do these 6 a.m. calls called Master Your Morning, and everyone would call in on the conference line, and I would, for like 15 or 20 minutes, just or 10 minutes, just say something that was motivational, something for them to think about, um, and I would record them and post them in the group, and then people were, I was getting a lot of really good feedback, like, oh, this is really good, or can I listen to this one again? And so I was like, this is really good stuff that I'm sharing. I was like, why not share it with the world? 
And so I just took those old episodes and somehow figured out how to throw them on iTunes and Podbean and some other places. Um, and it became my unofficial <laughs> podcast. So I have a, 111 episodes of Master Your Morning that are actually still out there. Um, so feel free to go listen to some of the old ones. But I had been toying around with the idea of relaunching my podcast because I really like the podcast medium. And it's easier sometimes, as you know, Elizabeth, just to hop on and record a podcast episode versus like doing a live stream. Yeah. Well, and I love so, that it lives longer. Like yes. if you would have just left those in that group you did, it would have been limited to the people who heard it. And now yeah. it's on a podcast that more people can hear and yeah, forever. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I stopped doing those master your morning things back in 2018 when I closed the group. And then I'd been toying around with the idea of relaunching the podcast. And so when I became a full-time coach, I found my confidence, did my thought work around it. And I was like, this is the time. And so, yeah, I relaunched the podcast. I was very excited about it. Like just, I had all these ideas. I was just like, this is like the perfect time to say my message of stop dieting forever. And I had all of these great content topics and I recorded three episodes ahead of time. And so they were ready to go. I hired my old VA and she was happy to be back with me. And she was like, oh my God, the episodes are so good. And I was like, thank you. So there was like a lot of like really just high energy and good vibes and good feelings about relaunching the podcast. Yeah. So it sounds like you had this idea. I'm going to launch my podcast because here's what I love about this is that we in business will have really great ideas, but our ability to stay focused on them to bring them to life is sometimes the hardest thing that we struggle with because there's always something that's going to invite us away. And sometimes that's social media. Sometimes that's warm weather. Sometimes that's <laughs> cold weather. It's, it's so hilarious how it's all the most random things. But I think that part of what I love about focus is, is that we teach our brains how to do it. And then when it comes, when there's like big things, our brain knows how to do it. So mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about how you have taught your brain to focus. Because I'm assuming well, you've done that prior to now. It's been a journey <laughs> to, to getting to where I am now. It was not always this easy. And it's so interesting because that you wanted to talk to me about focus because I never considered myself as a focused person. Mm. I actually thought that I had attention deficit disorder and I you know, took the online quiz and I was like, oh, I'm going to go talk to somebody and get medication. I took the quiz. I took That's the quiz. how I was going to know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> the quiz told me like, oh yes, you definitely have a problem. Mm. Um, and so I was looking outside of myself to try to fix, I'm using air quotes when I say fix, um, my focus problem. Um, but I got coached last year on it and really just remembered why I'm doing what I'm doing. Okay, so, wait, let me stop you for a second. Mm -hmm. So a year ago, you thought that you had a focus problem and you're, mm -hmm. I mean, you and your brain went to Google and you guys both agreed because the quiz said so. What did that look like when you, when you had this element of focus that was a problem and that wasn't serving you? What did that actually look like? What was it like? Because I, I think sometimes we talk about focus, but we don't know what the experience is in someone else's head. So mm -hmm. what was the experience like in your head running your business? Because you still had a business then. What did it yeah. look like? 
Well, part of the problem was I was doing too much, right? So I was very, very action oriented, which I have learned. Um, And I was also working. So working, trying to like manage my business around my corporate schedule and meetings and like do have talks with clients, sessions with clients, like it was just a lot. And then marketing. And so one of the realizations that it looked like for me was like, oh, well, maybe I am doing a whole lot and I don't really need to do as much. Um, but for me, the, the realization I was like, oh, I have trouble focusing is like when I would sit down to want to work on something and I just was like, oh, laundry, that's a good idea right now. Because mm-hmm. right? I work from home. I've, always, I've been working from home for decades. Or it's like, oh, social media, or let me look at my text messages, right? So it's just like those normal distractions. Um, And sometimes it was like a really, really just like I would sit down in the chair and it would like, it would be like a external force, like making me stand up and like leave my desk and leave my office. Like it was, that's why I thought I had a problem. Like, is this normal for other people? (laughs) Yeah. So what I love about that is you were having an experience and then your brain was making that experience mean, I don't know, I don't think this is normal. Something's wrong. Mm Mm-hmm but it doesn't sound like it ever connected it to being in your control. No, that's where the coaching helped. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really cool. Cause even as I was preparing for this episode, cause I mean, mm. even in my mind still, I'm a mindset coach who trains my mind to do this stuff, but I still notice that same stuff where I sit down and my, I, there's just this like little tickle. I could be in the middle of something really brilliant And there's that tickle that I should go check social media and I just go do it. I'm like, what is like, like you're watching something happen to you. And I think it's, it's important what we make that mean, what we say about that. And it sounds like you were saying like, I don't know if this is right. Mm -hmm. So then what happened? What changed with coaching? Um, Well, the realization that I was trying to do too much, that was part of it. Um, And learning how to like, you know, the action of organizing my schedule. And then the thought process of like my schedule is actually going to make me more money. Following my schedule actually is going to make me more productive. So that was a big metamorphosis for me because I would do the schedule and like maybe follow it, maybe not follow it. <laughs> and that was just adding more stress on. So just having that mindset shift of um, like following my schedule is freedom. Mm. And so thinking about it in that way. You said something that you were doing too much. Often the thought that I hear coaches have is, is if they're not getting the result that they want, then they must not be doing too much. They must need to do more. Mm -hmm. How did you reconcile that? Um, coaching through more coaching. Yeah. Cause I was one of those people tracking, you know, I would try, I mean, my monthly tracking of like my actions was like crazy. Like how many days did I meditate? How many consults did I have? How many emails did I send out? Like how, what was my open rate? Like all of those things are fine, but that was like purely my own. I didn't look at like what I was thinking about when I was doing all those actions. It was just like all the data. Right. I just needed all the data. So I was like, oh, okay. So this month I had a 20% open rate on my emails. Well, I must need to send out more emails. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it was like, I just needed to continue to do all of these actions, more actions, more actions, more actions. 
to somehow generate a better result. Because somewhere along the line, I learned in an online business, this is pre-learning the model, that um, it's a numbers game, right? So the more people you have on your list, the more emails you send out, like the more you have, the bigger you have, then the chances of you making money increase. So I always was like, more, 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 more. And, and it, it took seems a while. so logical too. It seems like, logical, yeah. We could all hear that and be like, yeah, that sounds like it really makes sense until you're in it and you're like, but this isn't working. Right. So I think it's interesting when you were focused on the data and your open rates and sending more emails, what were you not focused on? Uh, I was not focused on, you know, it's interesting. It's a good question. I wasn't really focused on, I don't think 100% my client mm -hmm. of thinking about like, how is this really going to help her? Or, and then I wasn't thinking about what I was thinking about when I was writing the email. It was more so like, oh, I need to write this email today, check it off my list. And then, you know, I can move on to the next thing and mm -hmm. just check it as done. And I just remember lots of times just writing an email. Like I wouldn't even reread it before I just saved it and scheduled it. Like, okay, done. Yeah. <laughs> on to the next thing. Because the objective was just to finish it. The objective was just to finish it. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is a great point of focus is like every time we're focused on something that we're not focused on something else. Mm -hmm. I think this is going to be relevant later because in order for you to have created the result you most recently created with your podcast, you had to do both of those things. You had to focus on one thing and not another, even when your brain said, we should focus on something all the time. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Okay. So your, your own experience in development with the idea of focus has shifted and changed. And I mean, as we come into present day where there's just lots of stuff happening and mm -hmm. how would you say, cause I don't think that somebody comes into a stressful situation and just develops focus in that moment. So how have you developed focus outside of stressful situations so that you could bring it into it? What are those little ways? Yeah, I've been working on, that was like one of my things I was working on this year when I became a full-time coach was one, feeling, you know, getting in touch with my emotions and my thinking behind my actions. Um, but thinking, having the thoughts that I am a focused person, I am productive, I can get things done and always bringing it back to why I'm doing what I'm doing. Mm. Like, what is the bigger picture? Is it just to send an email out and say it's done? Or is it to compel? I think you told me that. Is my email compelling to the person who's reading it? Yeah. And if they're not clicking like, yes, I want more information. Yes, I want to book a call. Then it wasn't compelling enough for them. So good. Yeah. yeah. But let's, I want to, I want to rewind back to something you said very first in there, which was, I decided to think that I can focus. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes we miss that because our brain, just like it can go off and look for yellow cars, we can tell our brain to do something like, I'm, you know what, I'm, it's possible I can focus today. It's possible, like I'm capable of focusing. I can focus right this minute. I can focus for the next 10 minutes. Yeah. I can notice the desire to not focus and still do what I'm doing. And that's actually a really huge piece of focus. Huge, huge. And it's not even like I had to tell my brain like, okay, we're going to be focused for the week. It's like, literally, I have 45 minutes to write an email. We are focused, 
right? When I decided to pre-record and write three episodes for my podcast, it was on my calendar. I was like, okay, I'm giving myself 45 minutes to write it. And then we're going to give myself 15 minutes, 20 minutes to record it. Yeah. And And that was done. And when we think about focus, I think that that people can say, no, I'm really focused. But I think when we come back to the emotion element of it, mm-hmm. I think there's two different ways we can feel focused. One of them being very like harsh and rigid and like, like, I don't know. I think of the army, like, get it done. <laughs> Gotta do this. <laughs> Gotta get this done versus like a soft, gentle, remembering who you're serving and why you want to mm-hmm. do it. And the point, I love that you said, like, if they're not clicking to book a call, then I haven't compelled them. And so this is where I come and figure this out from a different angle. But if there being an emotional side to the, the action of focus being fueled by two different things. Yeah. And I definitely learned that from you this year in the mastermind. It, it was just instead of just like, okay, let me sit down and write. It was like, before I start writing, how do I want to feel when I'm recording this episode? How do I want my listener to feel when they're listening to me, right? And really thinking intentionally and thinking purposefully um, about this particular task before I actually did it. And I started doing that with the emails too. Mm. And it's made a huge difference. Why do you think it's valuable though? How, why do you think it's made a huge difference? Because you can say those words, but then Mm -hmm. people listening are like, I don't know why. Um, I think energetically, well, one, it just makes me feel better, right? When I'm actually doing the task. So the task isn't so like, okay, let me, like you said, hard and harsh, like, okay, let me get this done and I can mark it off. So when I'm in that place of like, oh, I get a chance to inspire somebody right now. Like, how fun is that? Like, this is my job. This is what I get to do every day. So for me, it just makes it just so much better. And I think that energetic feeling of like love and um, hope, right? Because that's always what I want to provide to my ideal client comes across in what I'm writing and what I'm saying. And it's just the results are just um, better. Yeah. (laughs) And even if people can't see the result in terms of how it has bringing people to them just yet, I like what you said. And I want to reiterate that it's better for you as the person doing it, like your experience of focus and creating the results you want are better because it's just how you choose to feel while you do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Totally connected to the message. Yeah. So it sounds like you have decided that you're a person who can focus. Mm-hmm. I know you mentioned something in there about scheduling your time and actually following it. Are there any other things that you would say that lead up somebody learning how to focus in non-stressful situations so that they're prepared to do it in more stressful ones? Um, what would I say? Just remove the distractions. Like, cause those are the things that make it easy not to focus, right? If you have your phone right next to you, like turn it off. I most, when I do my podcast, I go on airplane mode So I don't hear any notifications. I don't see any notifications. It's like 100% quiet. Um, What else would I say? I don't know. I think that's So it sounds like expect expect your brain to want to be distracted and plan for it by putting it to the side. 
Yeah, if that's what your, you know, your big distraction thing is, I think that is for a lot of people. And then like other things like the laundry or you feel like, oh, you need to go clean the bathroom suddenly. Like just decide you're going to do that later or just Mm -hmm. decide like, okay, tonight I'll do the laundry. And maybe that's something you have to put in your calendar. So you don't feel like, well, if I don't do it right now, then it's not going to get done. You're like, no, it's going to get done on Thursday at two. And you don't have to worry about it. So I want to make sure that I translate this for people who don't know, because when I'm listening to you say this, here's what I hear is that you have a stream of thoughts running through your mind, optional thoughts, and some of them are there and they're like, hey, we should go do the laundry right now. We should go clean the bathroom right now. And this stream of optional thoughts, basically the ones that tug at you the most, that your brain kind of entertains the most, you stop and just reply to them and have a plan for it. Like, actually, I'm going to make, take care of the. You don't just leave it there and let it like nag or push it off to the side or like, I don't know, try and like push it down. But instead you're just like, oh yeah, you're there. Mm, I see that thought that I need to go do laundry, mm-hmm. but I have a plan. I've already decided what I'm going to do laundry. And it's, it's, it's very like, rather than something's gone wrong or I need to keep this away. It's just this conversation. If I have these thoughts, they're not, there's nothing that's gone wrong here. And I'm staying focused on the thing I decided. Yeah. 100%. And then, you know, just sometimes you do have to prepare for those times where your um, focus is thrown off by things you can't handle. We'll talk about that a little bit too, but it is just planning ahead and just remembering like, why are you doing what you're doing? Yeah. So let's, let's go into that. So Mm -hmm. some things changed in the United States. And so you were doing your podcast, you had three episodes prepared. Um, Had you written any of the emails yet? I wrote one. So one had gone... One had gone out and then I was stuck. (laughs) Yeah. Because, you know, just like any entrepreneur, you were like, okay, I've got my episodes created. I've got my virtual assistant who's going to help me do them. I've Mm -hmm. written one episode and I'll just write the rest of them at this future day. Yeah. And then life happens. And for somebody listening to this who maybe can't relate to this very specific thing, the thing is, is that this could be warm weather. This could be a death in the family. This could be just anything political, like election year, like it could be anything that triggers our mind into being distracted in a really huge way, consumed. Mm -hmm. And so you had your podcast ready to go. And then what? Tell us what happened next. Well, this is funny that you mentioned that I had one email and I thought I was going to write the other one. So I had scheduled to write all the emails ahead of time. But prior to the weekend of unrest, we had a family emergency. And so there was a lot of unscheduled time on the phone with my mom and my doctors and like a lot of conversations. So that task of like writing my email series got pushed back. So I was able to get the first one done. And I was like, okay, we'll do the first one, send that out on Sunday. And as we go, I'll just write, it doesn't take long to write an email. I'll just write them and send them out for the next day. So let me, let me stop you just a minute. Mm-hmm. Here's what I love. Here's where your thoughts It doesn't take that much time to write them. I'll just write them in real time. Like it's very nonchalant, but then when things change in our life, our thoughts change. And I think that'll Mm -hmm. be cool. So I wanted to make sure I repeated your thoughts because (laughs) the thoughts are what changed. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. 
So Sunday was, so this is about, I guess, almost a week after George Floyd had been murdered and the protests were happening. I live in Philadelphia. And at that point on Sunday, like the violent, the, the protests and the riots started happening and it was just like, and they started happening around the country and it was just everywhere. It was all consuming. And we had the news on all day, my husband and I, or it's more just watching it. And I was like, what the hell is going on right now? And just, you know, kind of like in, I hadn't really processed everything, but I was kind of like in bewilderment. Like, is this really happening right now? And so- you were so, watching the news with your husband all day. How did mm-hmm. you feel watching the news? Because I was thinking about this one weekend where I thought I was just so consumed, but really I was- I wasn't thinking anything on my own. I was just being consumed with that. How did you mm-hmm. feel as you watched that stuff? Just the I was, yeah. And it was interesting because I was trying not to watch it. So I was like being intentional, like, okay, don't need to focus on this, but it was on. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like, wait, what's happening in Milwaukee right now? It's like, oh my God, what's happening in New York right now? And so we would get engaged in conversations. But when I was watching it at the time, I think it was more curiosity and like just bewilderment, like just what is happening in the world right now. Okay. Yeah. And then like when we started watching the lives of like what was happening in my city, it was like the text messages with my friends were like ding, 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 ding. And I was like, did you see what's happening here? Like, oh my God, they're close to your house. Like it was just, it was crazy. And then it's like, I had to call my parents because they, they just moved to Florida and retired. I'm like, do you know what's happening? And I love it. you know, I had to call my parents. I had to call my parents in case they hadn't turned the news. <laughs> on. It's like all all the things, right? And so, um, yeah, it was just you know all day, just craziness and complete distraction. Okay. And so, what day was that? That was on Sunday. Okay. So you were and- distracted. Mm-hmm. And then Monday came. Yeah. So mon- well, so Sunday I did call uh, one of my coach friends and I recognized the fact that I was distracted and I talked to her about it and she's like, you know, go get your work done. You got to do what you got to do. And I was like, okay, like I needed a pep talk. I was like, all right, I'm going to go get my laptop. And this, at this point, it was like late on Sunday because I pretty much procrastinated all day. Um, and I remember I like got my laptop. I was like, let me move out of my office. Took it in the bedroom. I sat down in the chair, laptop on my lap, fingers like this. And you can't see. <laughs> fingers <laughs> like <type>. poised <laughs> over the lap, like over the keyboard, ready to type. And I was like, I can't even begin to promote stop dieting forever when the world is falling apart. Like there was just nothing that I could say that seemed appropriate or right in this moment to send out. So then I was texting my other friend who's a coach and I was telling her what was happening. And at that point she was just like, go to bed. She's like, just try again tomorrow. She's like, it's pointless. She's like, get up early. You can schedule, write your email in the morning, send it out. And then your Monday email will be out. Yeah. And so I was like, stop okay. you here for a minute because yeah. we the the thoughts prior to Friday were mm-hmm. very different than the thoughts that then started on Sunday, which is like there's not there's no words I could say in this time. 
I think that's really important for people to think because what they think is like, oh, well, all this stuff happened. But I want to make sure that I, as a mindset coach, always bring it back to how our thoughts shift during this. Mm-hmm. And that was like the impact of you creating this thing that you wanted. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it wasn't, there was no creation happening yeah. <laughs> because I was like, I'm stuck. I don't know what to say. And I had all of the thoughts. So I was like, all right, I quit essentially. And I'm going to bed. And where was your mind focused on? Like you, you sat down, you had your fingers poised. Mm-hmm. What were you, what was your mind thinking about? What was it trying not to think about? Like why, when I think about stuck, why did you feel stuck? Um, I think I was thinking like, a catchy, I was thinking of a catchy way that I can write this email to promote Stop Dieting Forever podcast, right? And thinking about all of the ways that I previously had created content and sent emails of like compelling emails of, you know, getting people to listen and or take action. So I was thinking of like how I could message create this message that would compel somebody or be at least be interested, right? Because this was a teaser email to send out like, hey, my podcast is launching on Wednesday. And nothing at that time, like dieting and all hell's breaking out in the world right now, it just didn't seem appropriate. It didn't seem like something important anymore. It was just like, what is happening to the black community? And be still and still feeling bewildered and like what like what is happening? So like let's just close out the laptop, turn off the TV, and Monday's a new day. I always love Mondays, fresh start. Hit the reset button. I was like, we'll just try again tomorrow. Yeah, and I think what's cool is that you were thinking like there's so many more. I can't. I don't remember the exact words, but basically like. There's so like, this is not that important in terms of other things. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of coaches are having that thought right now. Like, how do I show up to my business when this other stuff is like happening and all consuming and, you know, cons- like it feels like it's happening to them. So yeah. what happened next? So we go to bed, wake up Monday morning, sun is shining, brand new day. And I always have the thought in the morning, like, okay, I'm awake. I get to hit the reset button today. And that's like one of my go-to thoughts. However, because I forego or decided to like, oh, let me look at social media real quick before I even get out of bed. Ooh, okay. So what we know for <laughs> sure is very dangerous sidestep. Don't yeah. follow the thoughts when mm-hmm. you're <laughs> Yeah. So <laughs> pick up my phone, start scrolling and looking at social media, trying to like ascertain what happened overnight. And why am I going to social media for actual news? I don't know. But that was like <laughs> the first thing that I did. And I was just shocked. And I just started crying just like six o'clock in the morning, just crying. And so my husband, who has a man brain, is like completely in a different place. He like looked at the news and he goes around his business. He's like getting ready and he sees me in the bed, like crying. And he was like, what's going on? I was like, did you see what happened? And I'm like scrolling and I was like, and so-and-so said, and he's an entrepreneur too. So. Oh, fascinating. So not only does he have a man brain, he's also mm-hmm. an entrepreneur. Okay. I love that yeah. you got this cr- contrast of getting to watch <laughs> 
how both of your brains are like use this in different. We talk about it all the time, the differences in the way we think. And so he's like, why are you crying? I was like, but all the, the things are happening and I just did. And he's like, what's on your schedule today? Like he's trying to like getting me to focus away from the news and focus on like my business and the things I have to do. And I was like, I got to write this email. <laughs> What's my podcast? It's a, he gave me like a pep talk. He's like, okay. He's like, get up, get dressed. He's like, cause I, I get dressed every day for work. He does not, but that's his man brain. And he's like, get dressed. You know, you'll feel better when you get dressed. And he's like, go and do your work. So I was like, okay. <laughs> so I get up out of bed, get showered, get fully dressed makeup, everything, and walk down the hallway to my office. And I open up my laptop and I'm like, here we are again. And I hadn't really processed anything, like why I was even crying this morning. But I just, you know, kind of like sucked it up. Yeah. And you, as you soon as I... Advice, right? Like people yes. said, just go do the thing. Mm-hmm. This shouldn't be a problem. And wasn't working. Yeah. And my thought was like, look, I have a job to do. This is like, I got to get this email out. Like we're launching this podcast on Wednesday. And I always believe Monday's a fresh start. So I'm going to have a fresh brain, which is not true. (laughs) In this moment, I did not have a fresh brain. So when I was getting ready to try to write the email, like I just started weeping just because my brain is still going about everything that's been happening. And I think I went from bewilderment, which was the feeling I had the day before to like, oh my God, this is affecting me personally. Mm. Right. And then it just got really, just felt really heavy and just a lot of pain. And the more that I cried, like the more painful it got. And so there was no email writing <laughs> that morning. And this is probably a really normal experience for black women who maybe were watching with bewilderment as well and feeling kind of separate from it. And then there comes this point when they realize, actually, I'm having thoughts and how this impacts me. And then suddenly mm-hmm. it's very close. Yeah, I think for, and I've had lots of discussions with my, you know, my black friends, um, the personal connection is coming like at different times for different people. And for me, it just came on that Monday. I don't know why, but it just did. And I remember my husband's office is next door. And I remember like peeking my head in and I'm just like <laughs> going to get the tissues. And he was like, I think, I don't know if he's on a call, but he's like, it's okay. Like he's like, it's okay. So I just decided because I have been focused on this year, processing my emotions, feeling my emotions, because one of the things that I realized in my prior years as a coach and a business owner, like that is something I just did not do. Yeah. Just did not like emotions. What? Just tell me what to do. Like, give me the plan. Like, I don't emotions. And I remember specifically talking to you about it because you're very good about feeling your thoughts and your emotions. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, you're talking Greek to me. Mm-hmm. So this is one of the reasons why I wanted to work with you because I was like, and clearly this is something I need to work on in order for me to make my business a success and hit my goals. So I was like, okay, 
this is an opportunity for me to process my emotions and learn how to deal with them. And so that's exactly what I did. So before you tell us that, I want to... I want to rewind just a moment and, and paint this picture for everybody, which is that as you sat in your office crying on a Monday morning and you got up and you walked out of the room and you walked past your husband's office and he kind of like, you know, whispered to you that it was going to be okay. Like there was probably one of two, there was probably two paths you could have very easily taken and that most people take. One of them would be to just walk away from it for the day to just stop, to say, you know what, I'm not going to do this today. I can't handle it. I'm going to go do something else. I'm going to take care of me. Um, Another option that you could have taken that I think society very easily gives us, which is just to push through, to just get it out, just like that willpower Mm -hmm. um, of doing it. And you just in what you've been exposing yourself to with mindset and just like going down that path, instead you chose this third path, which was I'm going to explore what this would be like to process and become aware of instead of one of those two paths. Because I think both of those paths involve like taking the emotion and like shoving it in the closet and like, Mm -hmm. I'll come back to you never. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what I had done like previously, like during the week when everything was happening. I was just like, oh man, like I didn't even know like the riots that happened in Minneapolis. I was just kind of like, oh wow, that's interesting. Like it was just so far removed from me and I didn't really like 100% like address and process it. So on Monday, I don't think I had like, I didn't have that like thought, like I'm going to process the emotion. I just didn't know what else to do. Like literally, I just went to get the tissues And I just sat and I was like, okay, we're going to do the coaching thing, right? That I know to do. Um, And so I started doing kind of like my self-cut. Actually, you know, I started doing, let me back up. I started doing my self-coaching on the writing in the email. And I wrote as my circumstance, like writing promotional emails for podcast launch, And I was trying to tap into why I didn't want to write the email. And then I just realized I I couldn't come up with an an, uh, intentional thought to help me (laughs) write the email. And so I remember posting it in the group, um, just like, I need, like, somebody needs, like, somebody give me a new thought. (laughs) Like, just throw one at me so I can take it, I can start thinking it, and I can feel better, and then I can write the email. And as I started thinking and I was still coaching and nobody had responded yet. And I asked myself like, shit, like, why do I feel so heavy? Like it was just literally just pain, like sitting in my chest. And I was, that's when I really, really, really just started to weep because I started thinking all of, and this is, And one of the things I was saying, like this whole situation, the racial uprest has affected everyone in a different way. But it, for me, it personally brought up a lot of um, pain that I had suppressed as growing up as a black girl, black woman in a predominantly white society um, that I just don't, I hadn't processed because, you know, I don't do emotions, right? We just keep going toss them in the, in the closet, keep moving. We have things to do. We have work to do. We have, you know, money to make. 
And so uh, someone had sent me, I was getting a lot of support from the coaching community and a lot of people were sending me messages of like, I love you. I hear you. I see you. And for me, that just triggered like, oh my God, I realized how long in my life I've realized that I have not been seen. I have not been heard. Mm. And like all these things started flooding back to me, like memories of like from second grade with my second grade teacher, Mrs. Pope. To you I know, love how my, specific you're like, I know her name. I, I can see it and like etched yeah. in my brain. Like all this stuff came up, like from, you know, my career in corporate as a management consultant, like all of these just, it just came flooding back to me. And that was part of, um, not part of, that was the reason why I was weeping. So I went from weeping from like about the unrest and the damage done to the city and like, what's the plight of black people now? to personally um, addressing a lot of pain and a lot of emotions that I just had not really dealt with and just ignored. And what did that look like? Because I love like what you just said was I sat down to do like my focused work to see my mind on the thing I was trying to do, which is actually one of the things I like about goals is that when we try and do something, and then we become aware of our mind, our brain then gets prompted and all the other junk that's coming up. And so you sat down focusing your mindset in a very specific way, but then you just actually got curious too. Like you're like, I'm feeling this heaviness in me. Why? And I love how powerful that simple asking of yourself a question, just noticing that something in your body wasn't the norm and then you exploring that. And it brought up a lot of stuff for you. What did you do with that next? When somebody hears you say, I processed that emotion, mm-hmm. what does that actually mean for them? For me, it was writing everything that I was thinking, okay. right? Just getting it out of my head on paper um, the best way I could. Now I go back and look at it now. It just looks like a bunch of scribble scrabble. Um, but yeah, for me, it was writing as much as I, I just cried, I kept crying. I didn't judge my tears at all. Um, I just kept writing. And then I looked at my calendar and I was like, I'm not doing anything else today until I feel better. And I opened my Bible, which I hadn't done in a very long time, let's be honest. And I, um, I love that you prefaced that. <laughs> Because that's what I know to do when times get hard is like go to a higher source. And for me, that's the Bible. Um, I asked on Facebook, I was like, I'm fasting today. I didn't eat. I I took all of those other distractions away from me, from myself, so I could just focus on this and get through this. And it wasn't like I was doing it to get through it. I just, I felt like I needed to just do something. Mm-hmm. And I've been in the coaching community long enough to hear like, this is a process and there is an end to it eventually. So yeah. I'm like, let's just go down, go down the path. So people were like sending me scriptures. I'm like reading the scriptures. Um, I was listening to music. I was journaling. I went for a walk. I, you did finally reply in the group about, you know, how to kind of like get my, um, 
self back on track and you suggested like, remember, like go back to your why, think about your client, think about why you wanted to do the podcast launch in the beginning and go back and listen to your episode. So I just, I just sat with the sadness. I just, we had our call. I, I tried to log on. I tried to suck up my emotions about one o'clock and I heard people like laughing and talking and I just felt myself starting to cry again. I was like, I can't do this today. So I just turned it off and I was like, I just need to keep my husband would pop in his head like every hour or so. And he would like come and like pat me on the back. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm still crying. (laughs) It was really interesting and cathartic. It was just, I never, I don't ever recall having an experience like that outside of like somebody dying. Mm. But even like in that pain, when you're we when you're when you're um, grieving a death, it's like you just feel like you just feel the pain. Here, I knew I was consciously trying to like move through it because I yeah. did want to eventually, at some point, get to the end. Yeah, I like. I mean, one of the things I hear heard here in, in this entire process, I liked about like you sat down and you just got every thought you had in your head and you put it on paper. And when you were doing that, did you feel open or closed? I, I felt open. Yeah. I think I felt so open. That's why I kept crying. Yeah. And I think that's one of the really valuable things is because some people, and, and you mentioned this very specifically, you weren't judging. And I think that when we sit and look at our minds and we judge it, we start to feel that tension in our chest and in our body. We start to judge that this shouldn't be happening, that you shouldn't even have to be having like anything like that versus it sounds like what you did was just were very open and feeling maybe a little expansive in your body as you just let the sadness and whatever other emotion come up as you wrote your thoughts down. And that's a really important part for allowing yourself and processing emotion is just letting it be there and letting every part of your brain just be however it is, whatever it wants to say, letting that be okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was very, it was a very interesting, um, when I go back and look at it now, a very interesting process. And I just can't, I had a lot of awarenesses about how me suppressing all this other pain has impacted my business to this point. And so I think that's also what made me weep as well is because I'm like, oh, and I started feeling guilty of like, oh, if I hadn't, if I had known this, I maybe would be, you know, some other place. And so then I had to come to the point where I'm like, okay, this is where you are. And this is what we're dealing with right now. And it's okay that you didn't do whatever you thought you were supposed to do. And that's when I started to kind of shift. My thinking started to shift from, from pain to possibility. Yeah. Cause in the beginning, your brain was like, how do I just feel better to get this thing done? And I think that's often what we want is we're, we're like the, like, give me the hit of happiness as humans. We're like, what, <laughs> how can I feel better? And you had to go through the part where you just allowed yourself to feel bad. And so when you reached out, my insight and my suggestion to focus on your person, and I want everybody to know who listens to this, it doesn't come from like, let me just change my brain to feel better. Let me just think better thoughts. It always has to come from, I've seen what's in my mind. I've accepted what's in my mind. I see why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling. 
and I'm letting that feeling be in my body because when we let it be there, it stops being there as much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It finally stopped being there. I remember I went out for a walk towards the end of the day. It was like four o'clock. And um, I had to do a live stream in my group. So every Monday in my client group, I do a live stream at five o'clock. And I remember I sent you a message and I was like, sorry, I missed the call today. I was like, I'm going through all this stuff. And I was like, I'm going for a walk. I don't even, do you even remember I sent you that message? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I'm going for a walk. Um, but oh, I also forgot, I did mention, I forgot to mention, I did have a coaching call too during that call, during that crying session, which helped as well. Um, but I went for a walk and I listened to, um, you coach somebody else or you got coached? No, I got coached. Oh, okay. oh coached through all of the red mm-hmm. nose, snotty running, all of that stuff. Yeah. So definitely if you are like trying to process something really, really heavy, get help from a coach. If you can, if, if do whatever you need to do to just be like, Hey, I need to talk to somebody right now. I need some help processing some things. Yeah. Okay. So you got your emails written. Yes. Finally got the emails written, but I didn't get them written until Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. I didn't get and, them written until Tuesday. And what were you thinking when you wrote those emails? Right. Cause I think this has been the cool progression of this. We saw what you mm-hmm. thought before. We saw what you thought in it. And then there was the part where you're like, Oh, there's nothing I can say. And then afterwards, what were you thinking about your emails after you processed? So, by the end of the day, I had kind of gone through this metamorphosis in my in my brains. Like I said, I went from processing my or processing my pain to thinking about possibility. And so, at the end of the day, I remember I wrote these thoughts down. I said, "I'm no longer going to be a victim of my own thoughts." And I wrote down, "What if this is a part where God dismantles my broken thinking to rebuild me into a stronger version of me?" So, just thinking like what if this was happening on purpose and this is going to make me stronger? And literally I totally did feel stronger. And that was my third thought was I need to be stronger for us. And us means the black community, my clients and the people who don't know how to process their pain. Mm -hmm. So by the end of the day, I'd gotten to this point where I was like, I went through all of this shit and feeling terrible and awful all day for, to make me make my brain, make my soul stronger so I can be an example and help other people and bring them up. And then from that place, I was able to write an email and I wrote a badass email. It was so good. It was so good. Yeah. And I think when we tie this into what you coach on, which is people not stopping dieting, Mm -hmm. some people might have felt all of that emotion and maybe even a past version of yourself and eaten and I think that your own work as you go through it is, does become that example of like, I can process all of this and I don't know if you ate the whole day or not. I'm assuming not. <laughs> oh yeah. No, there was some eating on Sunday. Definitely. There was definitely some stress and emotional eating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So what are, what are you saying right now, Jennifer? Are you saying that coaches don't have to be hundred percent perfect and maybe other people don't either? This is why we're such good coaches because we go through the emotions too. <laughs> Yeah, we go through the emotions as well. And so I was able to eventually get to the point where I was connecting um, how you're feeling right now, um, all the pain. You may not even be able to, I talked about your emotions. You may not be able to like experience the emotions. You don't know what's happening. You're just feeling like, ugh, 
I want to eat. It's going to make me feel better. And this is what you can do to not do that. And I was like, this is why you need to listen to my podcast, Stop Dieting Forever, because we need to get you off of this emotional eating roller coaster. And I'm going to give you some very concrete steps on how to do that. So what you're saying is your actual real life example through Sunday and Monday helped you write that email based on 100 100%. 100%. So yeah. good. That's so mm-hmm. fun to see how that works. Yeah. And I got some really good responses. I got one person um, who's been on my list for years. I talked to her years ago. She sent me and she's like, okay, I'm ready. <laughs> she's like, I'm ready to do this finally. Yeah. So we had a consult and now she's my client. Very, very cool. Yeah. So there was a, there was a benefit and an outcome to you. Mm-hmm. And there was one to you being able to serve people better. Yep. And 100%. Let's do it too. Yeah, totally. Very cool. So Jennifer, how can, is, is there anything you want to share with people as we wrap up? Um, yes. Don't be afraid of your emotions. <laughs> don't be afraid of them. They don't last forever and they will not kill you. So just work, be able to just, you know, reach out, reach out for help if you don't know how to process them. Yeah. Okay. And how can people connect with you? Tell you, tell them where to find you on all the things you have. How can they connect with you? Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Jennifer Dent Brown. Um, You can always go to my website, which is jenniferdent.com and you can grab a copy of my free weight loss guide there. Um, Or you can find me on Facebook at Coach Jennifer Dent Brown. Very good. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for coming and sharing this story with us. I think it's such an amazing, I think it's such an amazing example of focus, of your journey with focus and how you processed your emotions and took control of your ability to focus and still create the result you wanted, even when everything might be pulling your brain in another direction. So thank you for sharing this with everybody. Um, And everybody, you can connect with her in those places and I'll link those up in the show notes. Thank you for the opportunity, Elizabeth. You're welcome. Thank you for tuning into today's episode of the Strategic Mindset Podcast. Before you go, take a minute and leave a review and hit that subscribe button. (laughs) These are actually the only two ways that I have to know who's on the other end. And so if you haven't already, do those things and I'll see you next time. And I'll see you next time.